0: Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the podcast where I share the inspiring stories of diverse leaders bringing equity to financial systems through fintech. I'm Nicole Kasperson. Navit's CEO and founder, Aaron Papworth, dropped everything to create a female-forward money management app that provides practical finance and life tips. Erin spent 12 years working in sub-Sahara Africa on projects that increased healthcare access for marginalized women, that experience spurred Aaron's determination to change female conversations around finances and help women redefine their lifestyles and what wealth means to them. In this episode, we talk about the importance of women learning to navigate traditionally male-dominated systems and spaces. We also talk through why incorporating behavioral finance and human elements into fintech product offerings is critical to actually create systemic change. I am so excited for you to hear all of Erin's wisdom. Her personal experiences are unlike any other. Enjoy this episode with Erin Papworth. All right. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, Erin. Thank you for popping into our Williamsburg studio. It's so fun to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful we can be in person. I know, me too. I'm glad. I'm happy to see our outfits in real life. Yeah. Yes, we have that femme energy. We are... Very Brooklyn, I think. That's I don't know. How I, felt. I could also look like I'm about to jump on a boat. But, anyway. <laughs> with the eyes, I, I know you, you're like,
1: I I'm know. Brooklyn, right? I had
0: now. to do something to get me a little bit less basic. Anyway. You're the opposite of basic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to maybe start with so many things to talk to you about uh, with your background. But to start, you lived in Sub Sahara Africa did Right. Uh, for, for a number of years. Um, and that made a massive impact on you and who you are today and, and the fact that you founded Navit. So share the moment that made you realize like, oh, global financial inclusion sucks everywhere. And maybe I should do something about it. It's such a good question. And I think there
1: are probably two different things that happened. One, I moved back here. And so, you know, I left the United States when I was 21, I came back and did a master's, but I didn't really come live as an adult until I was 34. (laughs) So I had like had this entire, you know, adulthood overseas navigating different financial systems and, you know, world. And I came back here and at 34 years old, I'm like, wait a minute, utilities are a monopoly. Why are all these credit cards sending me ridiculous amounts of, you know, like everything? I just kind of saw, oh, this is all a racket. You know, like I had I opened a bank account. I opened, I started a company like all these things were happening. I was like this system, if you don't understand how it, it works or you know how to navigate it, there are so many pitfalls and ways that people can take advantage of you and make money off of you. That was one. And then number two is I saw friends of mine who had money who were, you know, middle class, upper middle class navigating really complex financial situations like student loans. Wait, should right. I pay off my student loan debt or should I buy a house? Or I'm getting a divorce. What am I going to do? Or I'm a, I'm a wife and I don't have any any idea about our finances, but I'm making my own money. You know, I started seeing all this I thought, you know, the things I saw in Africa— are basically, you know, it's a different version of the system, but the core outcome is that people are incredibly stressed, the mm-hmm. system is not built for them, and they need help navigating it. And it's both behavioral and systemic. And mm. how, like, so, you know, I'm a preventative health type girl. Mm. So I like, okay, how can we get people early to prevent all of this pain and suffering that I'm seeing
0: That makes me want to also talk about your background with behavioral science, because I actually recently wrote a whole Twitter thread about it, well, about behavioral finance, but just adding these elements into the fintech products, right, that that we create without behavioral science, you know, which accounts for the messiness of the human experience, basically everything you just talked about between not only the system being broken, but our mindsets around it, right? We basically didn't gaslit. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, while the system is, was not designed for the majority, it doesn't exist in a little, in a funnel, right? Like actually the humans navigate. I think that's what people forget. Like Mm. financial services, the kind of core thing that financial services does is push products. Like they can couch it as I'm going to be like financial inclusion or behavioral, but what they really want to do is sell a checking account, sell a bank account, like products. Health, on the other hand, is a service-driven industry. It says, hey, we're going to provide you a doctor's service so that, you know, we hope that we prevent you from getting a disease or we're trying to increase your mental health outcomes. So I come from this service aspect of like, okay, I can sell you a product, as many checking accounts as possible. But if you don't understand how to use that Mm -hmm. that product, that's actually a behavioral question, then you're not going to actually optimize that financial product I give you, or you're not going to be able to build wealth over time because mm-hmm. you actually behaviorally don't know how, what to do, what choices to make. So mm. for me, it was like, I mean, this is a no-brainer. This is a behavioral health choice.
0: Yeah, well, and I love that we're talking about bringing behavioral health into the world of of fintech because, so people f- tend to think, especially my friends, because I write and cover this industry that I'm like some financial guru. Yeah. I know so much about the industry. I'm almost like analysis paralysis at this point, you know, where I don't, I'm sometimes like, what app should I use? Or like, I'm, as from a consumer standpoint, like I almost get, little confused or I'm almost like why am I trying to just jump into something new when I you're right I might not even really understand how it works fully or how do I make sure I don't get screwed right when nothing was designed to ensure that I'm protected
1: absolutely absolutely transparency it's not something that people want in this industry (laughs) it
0: wasn't in the mission statement (laughs) it wasn't in the original (laughs) mission statement when they built the treasury they didn't say (laughs) transparency (laughs) when Alexander Hamilton was like you know what (laughs) we better be transparent we should tell them how we make money off of them (laughs) they were like no 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 no. we're not going to tell them and then also make sure that it's really really hard to understand especially for like women actually forget even writing women in this we don't need to do that for everyone yeah totally that's not even part of it so I feel like kind of to my point about like bringing feminine energy to the fintech space I feel like there's a correlation between behavioral science and finance and the characteristics that are feminine, which, by the way, are not gender specific, they can be felt by anyone, yep. regardless of how you identify. But it's about feeling like you can be innovative and empathetic. You can be uh, nurturing and fierce, a fierce leader at the same time. Yes. You can be a multifaceted human. And that's what behavioral science is, is saying, why are we just putting out like these products for one person or that's for that's made for one person, but is meant for to magically work for a bunch of different people. Exactly.
1: And, you know, I can't even tell you, and I'm, you are on the cutting edge of this, so I'd actually love your opinion, but I fundamentally believe that that feminine, and to your point, non-gender specific, but the feminine questioning of what is the impact, what's the social you know, mm-hmm. responsibility we have as fintech entrepreneurs or fintech leaders... That is absolutely imperative right now in the, like, history of our country and our society. Like, Mm -hmm. things are crumbling. Systems are crumbling. They're fluctuating. And if we don't add that into this narrative, we really run the risk of only destroying what we we built already, like, more. Mm. Because the less you're transparent, the more you get people into really bad financial environments, the more likely you have— social stress i mean i was in countries that had revolution like had Mm -hmm. rebellions because they were so financially backed into a corner people had nothing to lose right they wow and i'm not trying to be so crazy fear-mongering in this country but Mm -hmm. we have a lot of social systems and things that that can prevent that but if we don't change this narrative as a country and as a financial industry there's like the system we should be scared
0: are you (laughs) kidding me I'm being very I, dramatic today. I know no no. Huh? no. <laughs> be dramatic. I think we should be scared. I think we should be worried. I think all of these things. I mean, and and of course, I always like to be more aspirational. And you're right, right? We live in a country, lucky luckily for us, where we where we have the opportunity, right, to to make real change, right? Like yes. you have an opportunity to sit in your seat and say, No, like I'm going to build something better. And it's not necessarily about trying to fix the old system but make something new and you know thinking about Navit it does you know it it gives me it gives me L of S vibes and we love and I and I wanted to say this to you cuz I you know we love Sally Crawford she did so much to pave pathways for I think female leadership in this space and a focus on women and and money but she can't be the only one
1: you she know? can't. She can't. And we you know, need a lot more. We need all of us. All of us. And yeah. you know, I love that image of the one woman pulling the other woman up. Yeah, pulling the you know because that's just reality. We need that. Mm-hmm. I think the when you say yeah, we we because we're women and we're talking about both women's empowerment and all like behavioral health is really for everyone. Sally is an investment platform, mm-hmm. right? She's looking at wealth generation, so we are a little bit more upstream of her where we're Mm -hmm. saying you need the fundamentals. Like you need to spend less than you earn if you can. And if you can't, let's figure out how you make more money. Let's talk about what an emergency fund is like, and then let's figure out how you pay off high interest debt. So like really the fundamentals of any wealth decisions need to be those three things. And those three things are so determinant on daily habits and behaviors that Mm -hmm. that's why we focus on the kind of behavior, because it is the choice you make when you, you know go out of your door and you decide what food to to buy and what you know where you want to live mm-hmm. and all these choices that's all very habitual and daily and and bait and really like income and expense ratios that you're talking about mm-hmm. that's the foundation because you need that foundation to build a little bit of wealth that then you can invest and you can mm-hmm. start thinking about okay return on investment and and like compound interest and all the things that you get to w- with sally so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think we're very synergistic
0: actually yeah you're right. We need platforms that are capable of covering the whole gamut, right? Of the financial system and the ways that we can personally make it work for each of us. I love that you're starting really at that, at that foundation because right, you can read any like personal finance management, even all the content creators out there. And they're great. Even the female focused ones, like I follow them. I love them. But yeah, they kind of immediately just start with this grow your savings account. You have to have your emergency fund. And it's like, But what about for the people that literally are like, why, what, like want to know the before Yeah, Tell me why. Not everyone jumps into the before. I mean, how do you maybe incorporate, make sure that you're, because I think the hard part here is ensuring that like behavioral science is incorporated into like the bones of your technology. So how do you make that jigsaw come together? It (laughs) is so
1: hard. It's a labor of love. You know, we do it by integrating the core principles of behavioral change. Right. So daily habits are one of the key things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you read like atomic habits or tiny habits, like there's all these kind of recent books on the behavioral mm-hmm. health side that are very trendy right now. But the idea is that you you start very small, like literally okay. it's that one dollar a day automated into your savings account or it's literally, you know, maybe just choosing three days a week to bring a lunch i mean it's so silly and all these things people kind of overuse when you talk about budgeting but it's really just we we break it down to daily habits so the way we do it is people check in daily on their mindset how stressed mm-hmm. are you how you feeling happy sad why mm-hmm. it's actually stress level you know not stress um you're stressed and why and then we have them do like bumble-like swipes, like left. Right? I know.
0: Stop. I'm doing it. Oh, my gosh. On the left. You're like, <laughs> I totally
1: own it. I own the bumble swipe. That is transparency and <laughs> authenticity. It, authenticity. You're dating your own transactions. So you okay. bumble swipe your last 24 to 48 hours of expenses because Wait. one of the behavioral, yeah, left, like, dislike, neutral
0: Okay.
1: on the last 24 hours because there's this thing in behavioral science called mental accounting. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to remember Ten days ago, yes. let alone thirty days ago, when you made that choice about whatever you've spent on, but within the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours, you have recall ability and say, "Oh yeah, I made that purchase because I was coming to this awesome podcast and mm-hmm. I totally wanted to do a lift instead of the subway." You know, like, <laughs> you know, you have these choices, and like I feel like that that served me, that didn't serve me. Oh, I feel it really felt depleted. But what that does over time is it helps you build an understanding of what choices you're making. So when you go to make that next choice. You remember, oh, yeah, I swiped, I, you know, you won't, don't even probably consciously do this be like, oh, I didn't feel good about that transaction mm. last time. Maybe I can think about it, right? So these are like daily little hap- habitual tricks that oh. we use, right? That's behavioral science
0: 101, oh, baby. You know, I love. I, I should have went for, to school for behavioral <laughs> yeah, science. Yeah, there's yeah, I, always I, time. I, I, there, There is always time to get educated. Yeah. I am so obsessed with it. I love thinking about things like meta-knowledge. I love thinking about, yes. well, because they help. They help me become a better version of of myself when I'm more aware, right? Of and that's. Did you know that they say that in behavioral science? <gasps> the first step to behavior
1: change is being aware. There's a there's something you want to change. Yeah. Self awareness. Oh my
0: god. You were like 101. You already know all this. Oh my gosh. I'm like <laughs> I'm about to get my PhD. When you, you are legit. <laughs> like, let's do this. Thank you. I yeah. Well, and I think that that's incredible. It's just so critical to you know, speaking even just like to, to my audience and the the fintech space yep. for us to, yes, we should incorporate behavioral science into our products, but like imagine if we also incorporated it into our culture and the way that we think about ourselves in our leadership, because we need to be self-reflective of ourselves and be open to becoming the best version of ourselves in order to create a more inclusive work culture, right? One that, you know, has more than just 30% of women a part of it. One that has, you know, more than just 12% female CEOs, right? Like one that is attractive to that next generation of women and, you know, different kinds of people in school that want to see fintech as a viable career option. So... Absolutely. Is that something you think about? Like putting like behavioral science into even just like the culture of the company you're building? Oh, I don't know what you're like... 100%. That was a dumb question.
1: No, it's a great question. (laughs) It's a great question because I think... The financial industry is kind of being thrown, kicking and screaming, into being forced to kind of think about this. But it's not systemic. And as female leaders, like this is something we are more naturally gifted at. I Mm. think in some ways, some way you know, some people are really good at this. But I have I have training in it. So how do I bring it into a culture where also, and I'm 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 acknowledging that I'm getting people in my team that aren't financial experts. Like they're nervous about finance. Some I'm like I'm more attracted to having staff that are a little bit nervous, like driven to learn about finances, mm-hmm. but nervous about it, because that's the population we're serving, right? So the more I can create an environment where they're like learning, um, being empowered around finances, understanding, again, the mindset, I think that's where you were going with that too, is like money is just a tool to get you where you want to go, mm-hmm. right? It's And by virtue of the fact, I say this all the time, by virtue of the fact you're an adult, you're managing money. So, you can be scared of it, you can ignore it, you can be fearful, you know, but at the end of the day, it's there, you're receiving it, you have to deal with it. So, Mm -hmm. how do we create a, a culture in our company and also on our product where it's just part of the game? Like, there's no judgment, come as you are. There isn't really a right and wrong. There's a system. That's what we're Mm -hmm. trying to train. But there's not like a judgment that, you know, you need to be a millionaire. Some people want to be frugal. Some people Mm want to be a millionaire. Some people want to do fire, whatever, you know, like there's (laughs) there's a whole, it's your choice, Mm -hmm. but at least, but navigate it with empowerment, navigate it on your own terms and know that like you have to do that because the system is not built for you.
0: Exactly. And so you have to make it work for yourself in what is the most you know authentic and real way for you possible and platforms like what you have created enable that i'm still slightly getting over the the bumble swiping i think that's (laughs) such a cool factor i mean things and it's and people think that those little things don't matter when you incorporate them into your product but they totally do like it's like a crazy stat of like increases watching time by like 200% 200 percent or something that Netflix has the little keep watching button yes. at the bottom of a that, show. The 15 seconds where oh, yeah. it goes. And you just next whisk <laughs> off to the next episode and you're like, well, I might as well be here. Yes. And then yes. you just do it. So I mean, same with like things like the like swiping or um, little actions that you can incorporate into yeah. to an app that make I think that also makes people feel a little bit more included, even from not just from the consumers that use your product, but also the folks that work for you you saying how you know you like uh someone that someone on you know your staff who maybe is more nervous about money i'm like hire me yeah <laughs> yes i can i'm no like you know i'm still finding my my cozy confidence like queen bay says in my in my finances too exactly um but i work in the space
1: but like and and telling that story so i didn't get to i we got stuck on the bumble swipes because it is my favorite i'm sorry let me move on from. but no what i didn't get to is someone like you telling a story which is called which part of behavior changes peer education oh i mean if you think about it the way you learn like the key things in life Mm. are actually from your friends Right. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn much about sex in school. I learned it from my, like, (laughs) older – my friend's older brother and sisters telling me, you know, like, that's – learning about finances is – and you're more likely to actually make a change when you see someone like you, Mm -hmm. which is also your point about representation, someone like you navigating the system. So, historically – People of color, women, have not been the ones navigating the system, right? It's only our generation. Mm -hmm. And now, having someone like you who is maybe not as confident around finances, but you come into my app and you write your story and you talk about your journey and Mm -hmm. the evolution, that goes so much farther to changing people's understanding. Someone seeing themselves in you, saying, oh, if she can do it, I can do it too, or wait— She's like an entrepreneur, podcaster, like building a business. Incredible, Mm -hmm. you know that that peer education is like second second point of behavior change.
0: How do you think we can incorporate some of that peer education into you know maybe increasing the stats of women in the in the fintech workforce? Yes.
1: I mean, what you're doing is incredible. I just want to shout out. Thank you. Yes. Like <laughs> thank you. Seeing a woman writing about it, talking about it, putting a lens on other women in the industry is huge. Um, and I think normalizing the conversation. Like mm-hmm. because the other thing that we try and do, and I think you made this point earlier about apps, you know, if you're selling a checking account, explaining the why and mm-hmm. the context is huge to get people who are not typically in the industry to understand. So going to young freshman sophomore year female or people of anyone who feels you know marginalized in this in this world into their college campuses and talking about like actually this is how finances work and Mm. here's the power that you have if you're in finances and here's a a career path that doesn't have to be the you know bless sorry but Goldman Sachs you know like (laughs) junior associate all the way up or McKinsey right like there are millions of different options of navigating the financial space that could be right for you with your skill set. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it could be Mm -hmm. for you, right? Like, I think that education has, it's just like, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm, I live in Seattle, (laughs) lots of tech geeks. So one of the things they talk about a lot there is, and Mm -hmm. and of course, Melinda Gates is there. So it's a lot of women Mm -hmm. in STEM, right? So going to young, literally like, Elementary school girls and saying you can be a scientist, you can be an engineer, and kind of working them through mm-hmm. that system at a young age to say, "Hey, there are people like you, and this is how the system works, and here's mm-hmm. here's how to navigate it." Oh,
0: yes, I love that. I love that early education, and I agree. Obviously, when it comes to the storytelling, if we can just be, it's why I try my best to get all different types of people on the show at my events at in in the content because to me, it's really about putting making us the main character, you know, main character vibes, putting us in the center of the conversation instead of trying to fit ourselves to be in the narrative that was laid out for us. Yep. And luckily it's
1: changing. And Mm. if you look at the, I'm I'm like, really, I'm sorry, I keep doing this, but like plugging your work, you know, you (laughs) plug in my work, plug in the work because look (laughs) at the diversity you show, Mm. you know, you have black men, you have Latina women, you have white women, you know, mm-hmm. like you have all these different people that are in this ecosystem. We're yep. here, we're small, but we're mighty. Mm-hmm. And that only by putting a voice to it and showing the, the story, you're giving a path to the people behind us, to the girls and the, mm-hmm. the men and women behind us to mm-hmm. say, oh, wait, she did it too. How did oh. how'd that happen?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, love. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I mean, and it's also incredibly helpful to have women like yourself to to have, so I can have pathways to, to follow. One of my favorite questions to ask is if we have to be the change that we want to see in fintech, what change do you want to see? We've talked about a couple of changes, but what change do you really want to see and how do you embody it? I think it goes back to,
1: questioning what we design and i think that's not that's not just specific to fintech but it's it's kind of generally tech mm-hmm. in general but fintech is really important where we say you know one of the things we do in our company is we have opposite day oh have you heard of that yeah i, I,
0: I so mean i'm like what i, I can't mean, even remember sure. what opposite day was no like. no i
1: think I, may, I mean i made it up for our company <laughs> i don't know if it's
0: actually a thing i feel like it's a thing maybe i did when i was in school but i don't I remember mean, it
1: should be <laughs> but what we take it. it's an all hands i mean we're a small company so it's all hands we let people if they don't feel like comfortable talking beforehand they can write their thoughts before but we take one of our features either what we're building or something that's already out live in the market and we ask everyone to come bring the counter argument to that feature like we all think as a company we should put that on the world but what's the counter argument what's the secondary consequence what's the tertiary consequence and what are are we think not thinking about the stigma or like you know what like even like you know nuanced little one-off case studies that could happen because of this and we put it in in the middle of the conversation there are no bad answers and we just debate it and it's so empowering I mean I just
0: I love which well, it makes sense. people feel heard. Yeah. I love tell, yes. you telling me this story. And I love that it's called opposite day. I think yeah. opposite day when I was in school was something very different. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like, oh, you wore clothes that weren't yours. Um <laughs> yeah. not not you pajamas. Should. <laughs> yeah. You wore pajamas and that's yeah. cool. Um whereas this is like you're you're well, one, you're making everyone feel like their voice is heard. Yeah. And that's critical. That is so important. And then two, you're creating a safe space for people to openly share their thoughts and opinions. People yeah. You know, I I try, the word diversity and inclusion to me, it has gotten over the years such a weird rap, especially as someone in media. It's like yeah. a weird little sidebar buzzword on, buzzword on the side of like your, the newspaper that like is in its own separate column that no one ever sees. And it's never like the cover story. To me, it's diversity and inclusion isn't just about thinking of it from the lens of oh, well, we must hear the voices of these of certain people. And of course we should. But it's also about what you just said. It's about making sure that like the companies that you're building have more than one voice that is heard. Because if you have only one person making decisions and one person having the final say on any, everything and you only have one perspective in the room, then no one's going to be there to say yo, that decision kind of messed yes, that up. Doesn't make sense. Too. Or hey, that decision maybe yeah. is like incredibly offensive to women. Yes. Or that decision is not great for the, you know, future of bullying. Or like Totally. Whatever, totally. You know? Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, I we always we say, you know, it doesn't mean we're gonna it's going to change the future, but it, we want the debate. And the, mm-hmm. the, I mean, from the interns to the directors, you know, everyone's in on it. And what it does is just, it, it, a, it creates a really awesome team dynamic of like intellectual debate. Mm-hmm. Like people are stimulated intellectually, you know, they're not just, you know, doing what they're told. Right. Mm-hmm. But also it makes the product better. Like, I mean, diversity and inclusion is the thing that we talk about because there are actual statistics that show when you have diverse voices in
0: decision making literally. your product is better your company is better mm-hmm. you have higher returns like you can reach things. more people you literally make no more you make more money yeah. i like i know i tweeted the other day that cuz i felt like it needed to just be flat out said that revenue driven strategies and financial inclusion are not mutually exclusive. They're not. They in fact they're they're like fact, they're completely like completely intrinsically tied. No. <laughs> in fact, they're like besties. They're like PB and J. They go together perfectly. <laughs> Which I do. lend me a PB and J. So it's like yeah. it's um, yeah. I think that there's like a constant talk or, or discussion and dialogue around that. In and of mm-hmm. itself, it's what I try to do also with the content. But I love that you gave like a real example real piece of advice that folks can do i'm curious if there's anyone in particular that you know really inspires you today kind of as you're moving forward someone that you're always just like you know yeah this person's doing amazing work and i want to and i want to be like that too
1: yeah i have a couple people any female that's come before me in fintech I've watched a lot of people navigate this world, and especially for me, the kind of challenge that I always find, like, building a product, putting together teams, that's, like, the fun part, the creative stuff. Where I'm really impressed in people navigating is actually in the venture capital space because, Mm. you know, that's not my happy place, asking people for money. And so (laughs) there are a lot of, like, cool women now in VC that are starting to make decisions, because that's been historically the problem, too. Like, there are women, yeah. but they're, like, the associates, right? Mm-hmm. So, principals in the world. Jacqueline Johnson is someone who, she comes from creative, actually, mm. but she just started a venture capital. And she's putting her money where her mouth is, where mm-hmm. she's investing in women, mm-hmm. you know? You can talk a big game, but the, have you heard the saying, women, especially in tech, but generally, are over-mentored and under-invested in? Oof. Like, so good, right? Yeah. yeah. I Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like... That is the next phase for me of like women putting really investing in other
0: women and in these mm-hmm. in these decisions. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that, and I'm often asked like, oh well, when Nicole, whenever I'm on your seat where can we start? And I'm like, there's lots of places, but venture capital is uh and capital in general is a, is a great place to start. AKA write the damn check. Yes. Um. But you know, I mean, they, they had a literal, like speaking of Sally project, they literally had a whole congressional hearing for the house financial services committee yes. about how to combat this tech bro culture. Because yeah. if, if only 2% of venture capital is going to female founded fintech companies and, like majority of vC firms are male and white male you know run and 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 owned, and majority of those dollars are going into white male hands. yet female founded fintech companies continuously show time and time and again that they generate more money. yeah what's done. going on then? <laughs> I love that they had to have a congressional hearing I'm to sure talk what. about I it. I did. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah. Really. I also had to put a voice on for it. I had to, like, do a <laughs> voice that, and a dance <laughs> um, to be a congressional what's person. <laughs> I'm like, so what's happening? Hello, Senator Nicole. Question, <laughs> question mark. What? I, like, I couldn't help but wonder, what is yeah. happening? Yeah, You know, it's, it, it's hard for me. I'm not
1: sure because, I mean, it, I would assume it's all, like, you know, people fearful of giving up power and not seeing the kind of truth about their like overall investment strategy mm-hmm. is only going to be better if they diversify because I've been doing this now for three four yeah. years and it's the same narrative and every year it's the same statistics mm-hmm. so like I
0: know hasn't changed it's painful I know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see if uh let's see if Congress. They had to do a whole congressional hearing as we said. So, so, let's see if Congress can make some money moves uh on that. But at least it's something. Like at least like to put in some real policies. They're talking about it. it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. How many other more years it'll take, we'll see. Maybe, <laughs> but, maybe our grant my grandchildren like <laughs> But <laughs> with with women like us here, we'll, yeah. well we're we're hopefully making the needle move a bit faster. Um well my I think my my final question for you Aaron. This has been so much fun. Is what advice would you give to other, you know, women and just people who feel underrepresented in fintech? What piece of advice would you say to help them feel a little less like outsiders?
1: I think actually just that end of what you just said is that that keeps me going of this is my my role, you know, if mm-hmm. it, if I have to be the one of the first in Fintech as a woman, as an entrepreneur, and if I have struggles and I'm, you know, like I am alone or not or underfunded or whatever, I am playing the part that is needed for society to move the needle. Mm -hmm. And if I have to be the first, there will be others behind me. And I even I've seen in the last three or four years people, other women building businesses in the content Mm -hmm. space like you, or other entrepreneur female entrepreneurs that are rocking it, that like figured out how to navigate, you know, venture capital and. We have a role to play doing that, even if it's painful, because we will pave the way for the women and the young girls behind us or, you know, men and women behind us who won't have it as hard, you Mm -hmm. know, because our successes only help them have better, more, more access. Because, again, showing success is, I think, one of the ways to move the needle. Like, oh, well, we just had a couple I mean, the last three years, we've had like three or four female unicorns, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and they weren't in fintech, but- You know, another and I'm the more that we move from, you know, a lot of those were in retail. And so, okay, there's funding for, oh, by the way, there's funding for selling women more stuff. (laughs) Okay, fine. You know, but like they we need to have some females Mm -hmm. get to a unicorn status, even if they're in other industries to help our industry say, okay, maybe a woman could get there,
0: too. You know, Mm -hmm. so
1: the struggle is real, but we have to do it because Mm -hmm. no one else will. And we got people coming up behind us that will be better than us.
0: Exactly. And everything that all the all the work we put in today and right now will be felt by the next generation. And that's what that's what keeps me going. It's what keeps me incredibly passionate about the space fintech has the potential to really change the world. Uh, it has the potential to really make a difference, and it's why I stay in the industry. It's why I'm so happy. I, it's why I want more women to. It's why I, you know, hope to build an empire of female content creators in yes. the fintech space to, to, to tell more of these stories and to just keep growing. So, yeah, kudos to both of us for sitting in our seats. It is not easy, but I'm so glad I'm here with you, though. I'm to do it together. Me too. I know. Hey. <laughs> I love it I know I know and we look in cute while we do it yeah too. and we look good so I know and we have, <laughs> we have style while we do it oh my god that's right oh thank Under- goodness <laughs> anyways Under- do do but yes Aaron, thank you so much for joining me this is so much fun I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this appreciate you so much thank you
1: for having and me you're doing. and having
0: these conversations I'm so grateful of course hey season three <laughs> woo woo Yay! Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too.